And we're back live again. Yes, hockey some more. Let's talk a little more hockey. Seems to be our days to do the analysis. So it's from Fridays to Sundays because we did this last Sunday as well. Um, Which is still fine. We're still doing podcasts twice a week. So I'll Uh, take it. And especially today, I felt like it actually made more sense because Flyers sense their training camp open up today. So uh, we'll obviously get touch base on there. Just stuff that stuck out to us roster wise. Um, and because we got a pretty jam-packed schedule, we uh, lineup for today. We are only going to do one deep dive. Yeah, uh, and that is the Florida Panthers. Uh, yes, and um, but, but still, Jeff, it's going to be a lot to go over with yes. Florida. They've been very busy, a lot busier than I expected. They lost some key players. Uh, they gained some players that is going to help in the lineup. Uh, but uh, what was your question? You're asking. I was going to say, what is the rest of the lineup looking like? Ah, well, in that case. Leading off, we got a ton of late news, including two key players in the Metro. Well, not this year for the Metro, but you get the point. Um, a star player on the Columbus Blue Jackets and the New York Islanders. Will... stars. All right, fair enough. Up-and-coming stars, Whitmer. Um, we'll break down their situations. Uh, we have league new... we, we have, um, <clears throat> league news in the West with... Uh, Minnesota named their next captain. Um, back in, uh, uh, At least yeah, Captain the, Seas. Captain Seas, yeah. Uh, so that, that's a good reminder. Thank you for that. Um, a PTO. We just talked about him before the podcast, too. We did, actually. Uh, a PTO for Travis Hamannick in the West. So also we'll the most that. surprising PTO in Mike Kaufman, too. We'll touch base on that as well. Yes, that's a great, great point there. And, of course. Actually, I think um, we touched on that last time, so we actually don't have to talk about that. No, we did. We did. Uh, and then uh, a little bit of news. I don't know how how accurate it is, but some league news around Steven Sam Coos, um, mm-hmm. an update there. And then, of course, we got the Florida Panthers deep dive. And to close it out, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers training camp. Mm-hmm. Lots to talk about there. So yes. let's dive right into the two star upcoming stars in Pierre-Luc Dubois, who, according to John Tortorella, says – Appeared with Dubois' desire for a trade will be handled similarly in one respect to how Bobrovsky and Panarin played out two seasons ago. They'll confront it as a group and deal with, with it out in the open, according to Aaron Portislein uh, from the Athletic, who covers the Blue Jackets. I'm he, assuming in, how they acquired <sighs> them, not necessarily how they left them, because they didn't trade either one of them away in their last years. They let him in free agency before. Right. So so that tweet already is whatever, but I'm assuming um, that just meant when they first acquired them. I don't know what that means. I I don't know. But anyway, so, but here's the other thing. So it was even rumored that they're having trouble coming up with a deal. So they signed them to two year um, bridge deal, five, five Mm -hmm. mil, uh, 10 year total or 10 year, 10 mil total, I believe. Yep. 10 Um, mil total, five, average annual. Yeah. So that um, that's that's really interesting to me, and I'm so honestly surprised that Dubois is wanting out of Columbus. I, he, I, I mean, I think he's he's thriving there, honestly, especially this last year's playoffs. Like he he definitely we'll get to this a little more. Showed, I, can, like, I want to kind of bring in both okay. uh, both All guys right. when we discuss this, or when I want to. That's bring fair. In, All right, so let, let's point. put let's put Pierre Dubois. Uh, on hold and up next of course is Matt Barzell who <clears throat> with official word from Arthur Staple again another athletic writer 
uh, who covers the Islanders. Islanders camp has begun with all ice testing today, and Matthew Barzell is officially a holdout. Barry Trotz confirmed Barzell is not in camp yet, though he has been on uh, Long Island. He said, quote, you have to make sure you're adaptable. We're going to worry about who we can put on the ice. What's your first impression with Matt Barzell with this news here? Well, I'm actually going to answer this in two cents. One, the <laughs> rational side. The other side, me hating the Islander side. Um, the one side being it's kind of similar to last year with Pro, or with Konechny. He kind yeah. of held out a little bit um, into like, I think, not even like the first day or so into camp. And then he finally saw um, he, Or they finally got a deal. Or maybe it was, it was a week. Like, it, it was, I, think, I think it was like a week or so. Because yeah. I remember. And overall, it was like right before camp. Yeah, it was right before. I remember TK last year was the only one who really didn't come into camp right mm-hmm. away. It took him a little bit. And and I know that Vigneault wasn't really thrilled with that. because. And if I with, had to guess. With being a new coach, you would want to know. Would want every single player that you know is going to be on your roster there by day one. Uh, so, yeah. I have a feeling these guys, Barzell, well, Barzell maybe wants a little more just because I feel like he's done a lot more yeah. per se to earn more than Pierre-Luc Dubois has. But I think they both look at like Konechny's contract and say, okay, I think I'm worth about as much as Konechny does. I bring as much as he does. I provide just as much. I think I'm worth this much. So I think that's a lot of what's going back and yeah. forth there. Now, back to my hate in the Islander side, and this just brings me a lot of joy because, you know, fuck the Islanders. Um, and Lou. Just, oh, yeah, definitely Lou. It's, it's Lou. I mean, I, I saw this coming a mile away because when you look at their, well, they have 3.9 mil cap space right now, so it's definitely enough to pay for them. But when you see the contracts he did spend for guys who I don't think are nearly worth their contracts plus the contract they gave to Pajot uh, when they they tri- they uh, did a sign and trade essentially with them. Yeah, that that, that was a very... And that I took like, a I, lot I like, of what I was like going to be... I like Pajot a lot, but my God, that, that's a lot. And both that took a lot from what they had this, or what was going to be spent to Brazil, which he is absolutely the best player and really in my sense, the only player in the Islanders. Now, again, this is just me and not really understanding how the Islanders are, you know, good every year, uh, other than the Barry Trotz factor. Yes. Uh, and that he's just good for some reason wherever he goes, like coaching. Um, so it's, it's I'm tough. sure he will sign. And it's the reason why I want to bring both into this and why mm. I don't think it's a surprise either way is because one, as the Islanders, yes, yeah, New York, but it's Long Island. It's not the Rangers. And the other one's the Blue Jackets. And realistically, historically looking back, say Tavares or the guy Panarin, Bobrovsky and them, didn't, or even Rick Nash, if you want to talk about, go back yeah. then with uh, Columbus, mm. they're just not hotbeds. They're, they're just going to be even Ottawa if you want to throw them in too into this conversation and that free agency wise, there's a lot of guys that just aren't going to want to stay because it's the Islanders are not either flashy or I think uh, it's hard. It's tricky for me for the, say the blue jackets, then just Rangers one. Cause it's the blue jackets and other it's John Torello. I think it's a lot to put up with when you have to put up with John. Torello. Yeah. And that's definitely a good factor that plays into this. I'm sure Dubois and, um, 
you know, towards the, maybe you could say the same the thing with Lou because be Lou wrong. has a lot of rules too, which you could find he annoying. Does. Oh my god, yeah, like literally, he has all these nitpicky rules, like, and you know, like there's these little things that come on that factor. Like, I'm sure that it doesn't mean much to many players, if not no. not at all. But over time, I'm sure it can just be annoying. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, like you can't be a certain number. You have to be, or like, yeah. you have to be a certain number. You can't pick. Um, no playoff beards or anything like that. It, it's these little things that are just, it's like they're so stupid. It's like, why would you even bother having them? You know, it's, I don't know, it's ridiculous. And then for Tortorella, that's my though, that's my thinking of why Pierre Lecapois wants to get out. One, the team is rebuilding and really he should be part of that rebuild. He should um, be. On, on, I'm not going to lie. Again, when Nick Felino. Now, they did add a good amount of pieces that traded. Can, his contract comes up or he's selected in the expansion draft for Seattle, Pierre Luc Dubois, if he is in Columbus still, he should be the next captain. He has I, to, think, I still think he has to produce more he, for him and, to get a... I, I'm, I'm, I'm backing him up. I'm backing him up right here. His rookie year, 20 goals, 28 assists, 48 points. Uh, next year, his career year, his second year, uh, 27 goals, career high, 34 assists, career high, 61 points. Uh, this past year, seven, in both his uh, seasons, 82 games. This past year, 70 games, 49 points, a little bit more of a down year, but still not that bad at all. 18 goals, 31 assists. Um, yeah, that's a solid year from Pierre Luc Dubois. And then in the playoffs, um, let's see here. So I got to. 10 points in 10 games, four goals, yeah. six assists this last playoffs. So I think he's producing, and, and I'll put this way, this is a good year to test him. I think we know exactly what kind of player you're getting for Pierre-Luc Dubois. It's just maybe he has to produce more. Who knows? He also just but, has to find better line mates. Like there are certain guys that can only do so much in driving a line, and right. I feel like there are certain guys – and we can even throw JBR, even though he's not a center. But certain guys where they need, they need, they need people. They need someone that can help balance they, they, them out. They, how, can, they, they can't, can't lead the line by themselves. Barzell is the opposite of that, and Barzell can do it all himself. Exactly. He doesn't need. And, 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 you saw, and you saw that in the playoffs. There was times where their players were open. He didn't pass. Because That's he, where I think at times he can be yeah. a little bit puck, puck hog. Ball and, hog, and, and, I'm and just trying right. to make it. Hockey sense, but yeah, essentially but, but a ball hug, right and since he just circles around a bunch of times, well, right. but, but, but again, then, that's because he knows, and also just defensively, make, they just see right. him to the outside. But again, that's because he knows he's good enough that he can do that. Obviously, it's not the best play, but sometimes, no. and sometimes, as he grows as he grows as a player, he's got to change that because, and, and he will. But sometimes you've got to admit, though, there weren't any other options besides circle back around sure. and and, re, and look again. Um, so yeah, but anyway, so, but both so these guys like, are playing in systems where offense doesn't matter. So their offensive no, skills don't matter. It's like, more so, well, Brazil is thrive more so offensively, I think, than, uh, purely to has, and, but they and, also and have to, just because the system they're stats, in, yeah. they have to also play well defensively. Yeah. And, and taking a look at Barzell stats, you're absolutely right. He has throw, uh, sorry. Um, he won rookie of the years. Yeah. He won rookie of the year, um, which, was um, he 2017 18 82 games? He had 85 points, 22 goals, 63 assists. Uh, both all uh, both of them career high. His second year, um, 
18 goals, 44 assists, 62 points in 82 games again. And this past year, 60 points in 68 games, 19 goals, 41 assists. So again, somewhat rather similar stats. Keyword, similar stats, similar. but it kind of contradicts my previous statement of him being a puck hog because he has a lot more assists than the goals. Yes. Uh, again, especially that first year, 63. So again, he does pass. It's just in the playoffs. This is the first year where I really mm-hmm. noticed he all runs the puck way too long. And guys were clearly open and should have gotten a lot more goals. I'm not going to lie. Um, Barzell, he can make these passes. He has that kind of skill where he should easily be able to throw the needle. And he just, for whatever reason, decided he, I guess- there's some there's something that was telling him in the back of his mind saying, I shouldn't make this pass. He thought about it, but then he held on pocket, circled back around, and then just mm-hmm. again, he, he does too much because he's got to realize he does have support. Uh, Dubois, it depends on the line he's on. He has some support as well. Not a lot, but no. it, it's, and tough, even though, it's tough to tell. And Barzell has the better team, so he can be put yeah. with better linemates. Pure luck, Dubois pretty much has to do it himself, essentially, because the, the guys the best, he's with the best players, aren't that offensive. Really? Well, well, let's see. Who offensive caliber. With, yeah. Because I'm and, pretty and, sure and, he was with Anderson, maybe, who was just traded away. Yeah. So maybe he pairs with Domi, but they might just want to use Domi as a center. Um, many right, of the so moves do, they made okay. in this offseason so, were more. So this depth. wasn't, this isn't too bad. It could be worse, but it could be better. Uh, he was with Alexander Texier and Oliver Bordstrand. And again, that's centering the first line. When in reality, I think he should be with Cam Atkinson and probably Nick Foligno. I assume that means Texier was in the NHL because Texier, at least on the cap friendly page, is shown in the AHL. Yeah, no, he, he, he was in the NHL quite a bit last year. Unless maybe this is just playoffs. I, I'm not sure because I know Texier is a very uh, good player. He, might have been, he played 36 games. He did not do much. Uh, well, only 13 but, points, six goals, yeah, seven assists. Playoffs, only four thing, assists. Here's my games. thing, though. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, because that's right there. They did the – yeah, never mind. Uh, but anyway, no. For Texas, he's not a first-line player yet. He has the potential to be top six, but this early in his career, it, I don't know. Um, I Again, put Keem Atkinson on your first line. The guy – He's incredible. He he does put up points here and there, where you need him most, and he's got. The he speed. is another one. He is another one that actually I would say, except for eighteen nineteen, he put up forty one goals. Goddamn! Uh, yeah, but last year he awesome. absolutely yeah, regressed. Maybe there was injuries because he only played forty four games. Yeah, there's definitely um, injuries. There. He came back around. He only played eight games or eight playoff games. So, but he also put eight points in those back to back playoffs. Yeah. So I think if yes, you Sam. put him, yeah, if you put him with Pierre Luc Dubois and uh, put him so, with uh, kind, kind, kind of Strain, I think that's yeah. good enough. But yeah, right. So bringing this back to full circle now with Pierre Luc Dubois and Matt Barzell, what do you do with these guys? Because clearly Dubois wants out and Barzell's holding out. So Dubois, do you just Barzell to me for the Islanders? Like he's an easy just bring him back in because if you lose Barzell, you got nothing really. Yeah, but I mean, you've got some minor you got pieces, some but pieces, it's, but it's, it's nothing really. Also, you, also you'd have to actually play those pieces, too. Pieces yeah. meaning they're young but, players. But, but then again, will they ever play someone like Noah Dobson or... Noah uh, Dobson still needs a little more time. 
Not Noah Thompson. Uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, no, no Thompson. And, and, and Oliver Wolfstrom. Yeah, Ol- no, I, Wolf- I was talking. Yeah. About, I was meaning more Wolfstrom than uh, gotcha. uh, yeah. Noah Dobson. Do- I think Do- is ready. Dobson I think it's not only that, but again, the Islanders they lost some defensemen, so Dobson should have slotted in the lineup game one. Um, you know, obviously he's got to have a good camp still. But my point is, they got to have faith in their young guys. How how can they have so? I mean, obviously. You know, Matt Barzell's next level, but how Jeff, can you how have can someone? You, how can you put him in this lineup with a guy like Matt Martin? <laughs> what do you have, Matt Martin anymore? Yeah, they do. And Leo Komarov, I think. Yeah, Komarov, Clutterbuck, yeah, Sisikas. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why would he want to take these guys out? I, I don't know. I just like to cause chaos, just no, like Lowe's. I think I'm not seeing, at least on the cap friendly page, I'm not seeing Matt Martin. That's interesting. I could have sworn. He's, he got invited. He at least got invited to camp, I think. Hold on. That might be what it is, but. Yeah, he is a free agent, so. No. I mean. Do, do you know what's really funny? I typed in Matt Martin, New York Islanders, and there's this one website that has the article New York Islanders resigning Matt Martin is a must. I mean, the Flyers put Sam Morin. We'll get to that later, but at Wayne because of Matt Martin for some reason. Anyway, so uh, all right. I think that's so, all we. So let, I think let's, we've done. Yeah, let's yeah. focus on any other real big. All right, uh, um, real quick in news. the in the Atlantic, um, which isn't really the Atlantic. I don't even know what the uh, divisions are right now. But anyway, so Stephen Stamkos, real quick, according to Lightning Central. Insider, uh, Central, there you go. Um, Stammer said he is ready to start training camp and he will be on the ice uh, tomorrow. Um, and of course, he's excited to get things uh, started. So I'm hoping for a good, healthy year for Stephen Stamkos because. Knock on that wood, people. Knocked on the wood, like. Five, six times. I love Stan Goose. I think he's a hell of a player. I'm glad he finally won a Stanley Cup. They also need um, him if they don't have Kucherov. Exactly. So this is this is a big Although piece for them. For a, this year, I don't think it's a big need because the division they're in isn't that it's hard for them to take, at least to get a playoff spot. But then again, um, when, when was the last time you saw the Lightning without Kucherov for a long period of time? Because this while. team is he is their best yeah. he is their best player so that yeah. is a big loss. Because here's the thing though, because this team is used to playing without Stamkos. They, they show that a lot. The, they won a cup they without him, right? Exactly. But are they used to playing without Kucherov? That's the biggest question. So we'll keep eyes on that. Kucherov only because he's a winger. I think it's okay, but he is your best player, so that is a big loss. The other thing too that helps is um, what's his face, Sorelli. No. Uh, point. Brandon Point, yes. You still have Brandon Point. You're fine. You, yeah, exactly. Granted, he's a center, but at that point... Who cares? They're fine. At that point, I think Steven Stamkos is then your second-line center. I mean, you can't find a better second-line center if it's Steven Stamkos. No. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Even with, if you argue yeah. uh, if the Flyers ever go back to, say, separating Turing-Turier, but even then... <laughs> It's pretty damn hard to, to yeah. top Stamkos. It's just a second line center, uh, former 60 goal scorer. Thank you very much. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So that's that news. Um, also this too, this is a big surprise. Zedano Chara. Yes. Going back to the East and that Months. he is not re-signed He's with not. the Boston Bruins. No, they said in his Instagram, he mentioned in his Instagram post, the Bruins wanted to get younger. So he clearly was not in their plans of all teams. Guess the way he signs, Mike. The Washington Capitals. Where he spent the majority of his career, 14 years or so, I think, if I counted that yeah, right. About 12 or 14. Yeah. Same in thing. Boston. Now he yeah. stays in the he has never left the East. Because remember, playing... he, he played he started screw with uh, the Islanders, then he went mm-hmm. to Ottawa, then Boston, and now with DC. Well, in DC. Yeah. Um, and I think it's very similar because when I saw that when he texted me it or whatever. Whoever texted me at first, I forget if it was you or if it was uh, Mitch. Um, one of us. You de- you, both of you definitely did, but I, I forget which one was. I, don't know, I think it was Mitch because he said, this is weird or something like that or in his text, like just saying Zidane Chara or, or maybe it was, I don't know, I forget. One of you guys did, but either way, uh, it's very similar to me when Livelet first came to Philadelphia a bit. Mm-hmm. I know it's not the same defensive style as Pronger, but they now have outside of John Carlson, um, they now have another like he's an aging veteran, yes, but he will provide a lot in that locker room. And I think even uh Charlie had a good tweet out. I forget what it is off the top of my head, and it's a, from a while ago, so I don't really want to go searching through uh Twitter, but essentially it was because of Washington's inabilities last year at times with leadership and everything and keeping the locker room together that this move makes sense for them and that he's going to, or Chara would make sure that they stay on point essentially was essentially what his tweet was, which I kind of agree with because the Capitals on paper are a really good team. They just didn't have a good coach. Now they have Laviolette. You add yes. another guy to your captaincy, the leadership role. I think that team's going to look a lot different. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a lot of it's going to depend on, uh, Simpson off how that plays out, but yeah. I think it's a good signing. Um, that's a no risk kind of signing, it really is. And also, for like 770-some K, that's not bad at all. That's, that's worth the bad. risk. You and also so have John Carlson, so he doesn't yeah. have to be in your top top pair. Granted, no. you could put him on there at desperate times with John Carlson, and I oh, think probably the best because I still don't see that. I'm so not. Gaga or and I don't I don't have the I'm not seeing I'm not I don't have that ceiling for John Carlson as other people do and I say that because he's a defenseman and should be able to be both defensively he's great offensively as a defenseman but I still have yet to see it really as a defensive oriented so maybe Char can help him with that sense never know because any player could learn or can still learn as they're playing still evolve as players so um, exactly. That's really, um, and this is actually this is this will lead into our next kind of topic, uh, talking about Winter Classic because unfortunately we didn't have it this year. However, there will be an outdoor game this season. Two and this two, yes. But this was actually no one figured it out except for uh, Elliot Friedman because he had noticed an anomaly anomaly in at least the Flyers schedule, and that there were four days off in between, like the Flyers playing the Bruins, and then four days after. It's like, that seems a little odd. And it turns yeah. out it's this outdoor game, which we'll get to in a little bit with our little spiel on um, 
Yes, yeah, so classic and outdoor games and everything because Philadelphia is playing Boston. And the other game is Vegas versus Colorado, which I am interested which in. Which is a very cool game. Yes. Uh, playing in Nevada, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But essentially and... what the thing was is that because you don't have to worry about fans, get a good like background kind of thing. And that's kind of what they're going yeah. with. Exactly. And Philly and Boston, like Tahoe. Yep. Which is really cool because uh, ironically, my uh, my one cousin, he is um, – he lives in uh, San Fran, but like his, his friends and, and him, like during the whole quarantine and everything um, from, from time to time, twice now they've done it. They've um, quarantined at Lake Tahoe. So, yes. so I texted him the other day. I said, Hey, I'm like, Hey, maybe it's not a bad idea to try to quarantine again. I'll Tahoe anytime pretty soon, you know? Right. That's being played at a golf course or something like that. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I'm curious how they go about doing it, but you know, because my yeah, thing is now transitioning over to our classics and stuff like that. The spectacle is cool, but I think it's this thing that's cooler in person than on TV. It, it is. It, it, it's very different, I but I do like found it a good camera angle for me to be like, oh, this is enjoyable to watch. Hi, friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, 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 I, I know exactly what you mean. A lot of it is it, a different perspective. Because watch on TV, they give you all these different. You know, and some of the angles aren't great because a lot of it is similar to what they tried to do in the these past playoffs and having this camera on a line essentially, and that's what a lot of the game looks like. And to me, that's not a great look. No, it's it, not. And and, it, and for someone who is actually because uh, I was at the Flyers Penguins uh, first, yeah. um, and I've never been to one. Team. I just went to the outdoor Phantoms when they had against the Hershey Bears. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. But um, either it, way, it, I still it was had a that very yeah. cool experience. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I, it was something I've always wanted to experience, and the fact that. Um, my, my brother and I, we were at Heinz Field. That was one of the coolest experiences. Yeah, it's a cool had. experience despite, when despite you're the there. Loss, though, it's a cool. Despite the loss, it was a fun time. Yeah, it's a cool experience. It's, it's a cool thing. It's just that, just capturing it. It's a little iffy for me, and I hope they do it right with this. Yeah, it's this one. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, um, you know, I, I'm hoping for the best. And we've talked about this many times, just one of classic and outdoor games. And yeah. that for me, at least, I'm a little fatigued by it because you have one too many outdoor games in a season. Maybe one or two is fine, but just stick with the winter classic because New Year's, you got your New Year's Day tr- kind of tradition there. And I think it's yeah. a cool tradition. It's just trying to find unique matchups. Yes. Create rival. This is essentially what I was texting you about. I was like, create rivalries if you have to. Just right, do certain exactly. things. I don't want to keep seeing, even though I like the Flyers. I'm a fan of the Flyers. I don't want to see the Flyers in it every year. Right. And then one thing I didn't text you. Outdoor game, which is shocking. And it yeah, it's, seem like it. it's cool that you get a new uniform just for it, but there's only so much you could do with orange, white, and black. Yeah. And after the last one against the Penguins, I fucking hated both uniforms. It looked like a kindergartner made it. <laughs> They were awful. Okay, okay. The, the black that, ones. The black the, ones. I'm not, I'm not a big fan. I, of I, I like the black ones. They're nice. I don't like. The, them. Go back to the old right. black ones if you're gonna go. Black. Okay, that I would accept. But anyway, the um, the the thing that I hated most about those de- the jersey details and everything were the helmets. Yeah, they I hated those too. Disgusting. But I hate the thing I, I hate is because they're so goddamn hard to read. The orange ones, because for some reason lately, the thing was, let's not have any whites in this. Let's go all black to make sure there's no outdoor boarding. So yep. if even though they're different sizes, if you see, you know, 
Provorov or Sanheim on the line together. Like, oh, is that Sam? No, that's Provorov. Or he's, <laughs> many times this happened in the playoffs. People mistook Nate Thompson for Sean Couturier. And a lot of it I blame on the jersey because you see a four and he can't really see the nameplate that well. Plus, they both have long beards. Yeah. That's, yeah the, the only way I have of an uh, easier time of recognizing who's who is honestly like how they skate and also just yeah. how they move the puck and everything. But it's that, but like after a while, it's the, it's still the, orange, off. the orange ones were a really bad one because that was just, they went, it just seemed like very cheap. It was, it was a very interesting and, like, little colored black. orange too. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah, my favorite thing. Anyway. Um, but way, anyway, so like kind of like what cool we were saying, as- though, that's a cool aspect of it. But there's only so much you could do with the color right. scheme that you have that you haven't done already. But regardless, though, I like the fact that you know, hey, we're getting Vegas, Colorado. This is only going to be Colorado's second outdoor game, if I think, if if I think that's right. Yeah. And obviously, Vegas is first. I'm excited to see what Vegas does with their jerseys. Colorado, I'm sure they'll come with something better than the last one because that was pretty bad, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but anyway, they, honestly, if there was one game to wear the reverse yeah. retro, I'm just, I assume they just go straight with that reverse retro. And, and that's that, fine so. with me. I mean, I, I'd be fine with that. I wouldn't care. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Um, anyway, though, so I think one thing that makes it one cost six is special. It's on New Year's Day because think about it. They got to compete with all these bowl games for college football, mm-hmm. and it's what attracts the diehard uh, you know hockey fans to you know because again, every New Year's Day I look forward to the most. There's what it's one a classic day. No matter what I'm doing, I put everything down. Like again, no matter what the teams are, I'll watch it every year. Last year was a phenomenal game between Dallas and Nashville. Two teams who are both very deserving of a winter classic, and we've got a hell of a game. Dallas was up, sorry, Dallas was down to nothing, and he came back and scored four straight to go on to win the game. That was a tremendous game in my favorite part. A minute into Corey Perry's first shift of the game, he got kicked out. I loved it. And he had to do the infamous worst walk of shame of all time in, in hockey history and probably sports history. That was fun. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I I like the idea of the outdoor games. It's special. It's a cool atmosphere, but they do it too much. There was the throw, one year they had different there was the there. one year they had seven outdoor games. That was yeah. beyond Oof, but, even for yeah. me, that was too much. But um, I really do think that as long as you introduce new teams and not repeat the same teams, again, just because of the market size, yeah. Chicago, Philadelphia, Boston, Pittsburgh. Uh, the Rangers, Pittsburgh, those five teams have had too many outdoor games. Um, you know, I'm glad we're seeing Colorado again. I'm okay with that. It's only the second game. I'm fine with that. They have good stars. There have uh, been a lot of that, there that's just haven't great, been a lot of West Coast teams that have been in. Yeah, it's always um, been Coast Minnesota. I think is going to get the 2020, or, or I, I guess next year's Winter Classic. I guess I don't know. I, I don't. Whenever that's going to happen, who knows? Mm-hmm. I still um, say do Seattle Vegas. That's just that me. would be fun. I would like that. Um, or what I suggested, Connor McDavid versus Nathan McKinnon. Or McKinnon versus Eichel. Yes. The n- number one versus number two in that draft. Yeah. Or what people say is the best player versus the other best player. Yeah. This is true. There, there are you, options. Yeah, the people who are listening to this can put in whichever player is the better player. Because yes. I didn't also, name names. Fair enough. Trunk Anyway, 
Um, let's, one team I would like to see in the Warrior Classic at some point, the Vancouver Canucks, but also switching gears now Vancouver because of Edmonton. the Canucks. Well, that would be fun. Um, but oh, no, sorry, of, Edmonton, Calgary. Yeah. You got that right. Yeah, I was going to say Battle of Alberta. Yeah. But speaking of the Canucks, though, Mike, we got a PTO for Travis Hamanek. Um, as it sounds like he will sign a PTO, um, mm-hmm. they're scheduled to speak today. Uh, G, um, Jim Benning and Coach Travis Green are spe- oh, yeah, uh, expected to speak today. I believe it's already happened. If not, they're still talking about signing Hamannick to a PTO. Vancouver is 1.5 mil or so over the cap, and uh, Michael Ferland will s- certainly start the season on long-term injured reserve. Similar to the situation in the McCoffin in St. Louis, they're over the cap. And once, you know, they can put players on long-term IR, then they can sign them to an actual contract. Um, I like this move for Vancouver. Hammond is a pretty good defenseman, so quite young. Not only that, but they lost out, they lost Troy Stetcher. Uh, they, they, you know, they, they need defense, you know, and, um, you know, I think he's a pretty good at this point veteran. They don't really, they don't um, need de- defense that badly. They just got, I know you're the biggest fan of, biggest Schmidt fan, but they did get Nate Schmidt. Yeah. Um, obviously got Quinn Hughes. Um, the the not best as good, the not as good Ben brother. Uh, you got it. Alex. <laughs> oh my God. Nate I got Edler. Jordy Bennett. Sorry. You got yeah, Tyler Myers. If he's on your third pair, that's not terrible. Even though he's not yeah. a great defenseman, but third pair, he's not terrible. Um, right. But yeah, I think that, does help i think he's more so just going to be that seventh guy if he likes it and I, I, honestly i could see him and again the roster spot I, I, I think i think he's deserving one that's just me um sticking into the west though jared spurgeon is the next team captain for the minnesota wild what are your yeah. thoughts how do you feel about this i have no reaction <laughs> yeah you're not it wrong. doesn't that, do anything for me it doesn't it's it, it doesn't do much for me. I mean, I would have just held out another I would have done, two. like, if it were me, I would done, like, Zach Parise, your shooter. Um, shooter and Parise are remaining as the alternates, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, again, team cats and this, yeah, for whatever reason. I also uh, would have yeah, given an, I would have actually given an A to Matt Dumbo. Dumbo is a good option. Yeah. It was just a very interesting choice. Um mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so that's... I want to give the A to the very good, uh, productive player of Ryan Hartman, the former Flyer. Yeah, all right. He's known for throwing big hits. A big hit. Sorry, A, a, a big, big hit, hit right. in this first shift, and then never really did anything after that. <laughs> he never found his feet in Philly. I, I still like Ryan mm-hmm. Hartman. I think he's a good young player, but for whatever reason, he just never found his game in Philly. He's 26 now, so he's got to find it somewhere. Yeah. He's supposed to be in the prime of his career, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway. Thanks, um, buy me a Coke. Damn it. He sold out. That's never happened in the history of James. <laughs> anyway. Um, that's all I think we really have for league news. Is it time to move on to a nice sunny Florida? Yeah, I wish right, it was right now. It. Yeah, right. Um, so they're an interesting team right now. So looking at my, I've always been my underdog team. Yes, yes. GM scenario sheet here. They gained a lot of cap back because they uh, they currently have six point six one mil in cap space uh, because 
again, two players they lost in the offseason, Evgeny Dadunov, who's making four mil, and Mike Hoffman, 5.18 mil. Uh, Hoffman, of course, is on PTA in St. Louis, and Dadunov, he signed with Ottawa or Columbus. I'm, Ottawa. I can't remember. Ottawa, thank you. Um, they lost out on Eric Halla as well, uh, who was making 2.75 mil. Um, he, oh, God, where did he go? I'm sorry, blanking on this one. Yeah. Anyway, my point is, though, that's 11 mil right there that you didn't have to re-sign in cap space. Mm-hmm. This got 6.6 mil. Yes. Um, and then you also had Mark Syke and Mackenzie Weger making some money there. Weger mm-hmm. uh, is still on the team. He got a like, contract extension. He's making 3.25 mil until 2023. And then... Oh, for Florida, I completely forgot about this. Thanks. You had a trade or two. Um, the let's see here. So actually, you know what? Let's let's yeah, let's do trades first. Um, they got Patrick Hornquist in exchange for Colton Sevier and Mike Matheson. Uh, honestly, I'm fine with that because Mike Matheson mm-hmm. was an anchor on the blue line, actually a double anchor because he sucked at his job as a defenseman. That's true. And yeah, yeah. He would do nothing but get you penalties. Uh, so he is a Hardquist, waste of money. Yeah, he may need someone, but he's already but he, proven. Yeah, at least he's already grit. proven that he can still be top six. He's just yeah. going to give you some grit that you didn't have before. Right. Uh, so there's that. Um, you also really signed else. Vinny Henestrosa to a year, Carter uh, Verhage to two years, but mm-hmm. one mil apiece. You also uh, added Anthony Declare. And he was an interesting one. Um, and Alexander Wenberg, one year, 2.25 mil. Like you mentioned, Mike uh, Rakagudis, three years, 2.5 Did you mention Duclair? I did, yes. And mm-hmm. that one, again, was one year, 1.7 mil. So, so if, some interesting signings they also, here for Florida. Yeah, they also added, wasn't, yeah, Bill Zito was added this year, right? To the GM? Yes, uh, back in September. Yeah, September. They did a lot of offseason moves. And a lot of things I've actually think they've done good with. I think Quinville in a second year would be better. I think just another year, year under his belt and just Florida. I think it's just going to yeah. help him more, especially just knowing this locker room, knowing these guys. I think he's going to have a better understanding of these people. Because um, to me, at least, I don't think uh, Quinville is going to be like Vigneault or Laviolette or even Barry Trotz, where mm-hmm. once he gets to a new place, it's going to be, all right, this is going to be just that great team. I think he's going to take some time to make sure what he's really got because he's got a lot of great, really good pieces, unknown good pieces outside of some hockey people. Not only that, but a big one that they did get, Anton uh, Lundell. Man, this kid is going to be good. Uh, He's uh, currently playing for Finland, who – uh, beat the Swedes with about 40 seconds left or so in the game in the quarterfinals the other uh, day in World Juniors for those who are falling. He's 19. Also, he's a 6'1", 190-pound center. Uh, yeah, this kid, he's he's going to be good. So he's going to be perfectly for that's you know, so, uh, Florida. That's so goddamn funny to me. So one thing they did, so they bought out Scott Darling. Uh, Scott Darling. They also brought yeah. him back on a PTO. <laughs> yeah but I'm saying just to kind of bulk up that goaltending just because that's a, that's what's going to make or break the uh, Sergei Panthers. Bobrovsky 
Yep, Sergei Bobrovsky. They it, also have Chris Dreiger, uh, 26 years old, 850000 for a year. Mm-hmm. Well, so I don't know anything about him, but we'll see Obviously, what happens. Um, we've mentioned him briefly, either the last podcast podcast before, but Spencer Knight, who got lit up, but who still got a little ways to go, but up and coming. He, he, he's been, he's been playing a lot better for Team USA uh, lately. He's been putting up some solid I don't know. I haven't watched any World Juniors. so Yeah, I can't either. I'm just following him on Twitter. Uh, I don't have any NHL network here, so it sucks. Anyway, uh, but yeah, Spencer Knight, he will be an option a couple years down the road. Mm-hmm. Honestly, and we talked about this before, Mike, I wouldn't be surprised if Bobrovsky is nowhere close to finishing that contract that still has, yeah, what, six either. years left. Mm-hmm. That's a lot um, of year, and even after the first year, their owner was like, "You know, we want to shed salary to get ten mil off or whatever." And guess what? He it's ten mil. Yeah. So a lot of that people thought he was going to be contract. bought out, but a lot of the moves they did was to get rid of some money. But the one thing I do like, mm-hmm. because you would think a team like Florida, who doesn't get a lot of fans or anything like that, um, that oh, they're going to be they're going to move at some point because you know, money reasons and stuff like that. No one's going to the games. But the thing I really like about their owner is the fact he likes being there. He doesn't care that no one's going to the game. He likes that they have the Florida team in there. That's what I like about it. Not only that, but one thing that helps, you got Coach Q. Yeah, that helps. Um, And I think you actually did it right in this offseason. You didn't do any flashy moves because I don't think you needed any flashy moves. You just just boosted some of the holes you had that was shown by the Islanders in your playing Um, game. Depth. And also, uh, you know, grit. Yeah, grit. You got added grit and Hornquist and Gudis. And again, depth. Um, yeah, depth. Uh, obviously, last season you added Nolachari, which helped your depth, but I don't yeah. think that was enough. And you, it definitely wasn't. It was a step in the right direction. But again, like I said, it's yeah, not and enough. you had uh, you got Alexander Wenberg. That's a solid underrated move. Mm-hmm. And also, Anthony you got Declare. I think he's going to be. I think Hornquist is actually going to play <laughs> pretty pivotal role for them. I think this year is going to be even though good I'm not a big Hornquist, not a big I, I Hornquist, Hornquist fan. Yeah, I'm, but I think this is going to be a good year for him. Again, hey, there yeah. was there was a, a, a trending um, photo that went absolutely viral on Twitter a couple months ago when he got traded of all of his penguin stuff out on his driveway. Clearly, he was pissed about the trade. He's going to play with a whole boulder on his shoulder this year. Unfortunately, he, 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 unfortunately, he's never going to play the Penguins. So to get so, that revenge is going to have to wait another year. Another year, yes. Or if they make it in the playoffs. Yeah. It's possible. Um, one thing that does hurt, though, they lost out on Evgeny Dedanov. Um, taking a closer look at his stats here, Mike, he made a big impact that most people should realize. So last three seasons – after he re- after a five-year gap of not being in the NHL, um, he you know he rejoined the, the after his last year was 2011 2012, and then he rejoined the, the Panthers in 2017 18, where he put up 65 points, 28 goals, 37 assists. Uh, two years ago, 70 points, 28 goals again, 42 points, just adding on five more assists, uh, another career high, and then this past year, 47 points, 69 games. 25 goals, 22 assists. I think his scoring and just, again, his size will be much, uh, will be certainly missed. I agree. But another thing that's going to, that's going to weigh on a lot of the shoulders, talking about Barkov, Huberto, Ekblad, a lot's going to be on their shoulders because 
are they able to take that next step in their development? Because Schubert that, is 27 now, Barkov's 25, 24 for Aaron Eckblad. They're about in their prime of their careers. There, some of them are like Eckblad, who's only 24. He's going to be younger than me in about a couple of days. Um, <laughs> are about the same age. Uh, he's still only 24, and he's still got a lot of good to come, and a lot of people just outside of hockey people really know who he is. I know the how good these players are. And yeah, uh, Dadanoff's going to be a huge loss, but I think Barkov's going to take a lot of that uh, defensive forward two-way kind of responsibility there. Um, and I do like the declare signing too, because I haven't mentioned that, but a lot, there's a lot of good things I like that, that Florida did. I think there's still a little ways to go to, you know, maybe even winning a playoff round. But I will say this, in the division that they're playing in the Central, because we did say we we're going to start doing this, mm-hmm. and our deep dives and how they kind of will fare in the new division alignment they're in, I could see them squeezing in. Yeah, uh, yeah they had no, to go absolutely. up against Carolina and Tampa Bay, and I think they'll still, even with Tampa Bay's injuries, still think they can make it. So And Dallas, I think they can make it too. But I can see them squeaking into the fourth spot, because I think they're just as good as Columbus and Nashville, who I think... And Dallas, too, if you want to yeah. throw them in there. And the teams that are going to be battling for that. Uh, yeah, I really do think even Chicago, that this you want to is the year too, for Florida to really, um, yeah. you know. Again, a lot of it's going to depend on – it's a lot like Carolina but and goaltending, depending on how well you're going to do. But yeah. a lot of it's going to be on Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky can be good in the season <laughs> at times, but that playoffs, that's where it, that's where it's going to be on. And that's another thing. I mentioned this a couple podcasts ago. The thing that I like is that they brought a lot of, I think they added a new like goalie coach and a bunch of goalie advisors just to help Bobrovsky out. So they're actually, unlike the Eagles, uh, they're actually trying to help their struggling player instead of actually throwing them out there to just rust and, you know, figure it out on, out, figure it out on his own. Um, but so for Florida though, yeah, speaking of Florida though, going back to them, they have some, you know, young talent that's going to be up and coming again. They have Spencer Knight at some point, Sarah Nolo, Owen Tippett, um, again, yeah, Owen um, Tippett, I forgot about him. And, I wonder if you actually, Mundell. I actually wonder if you see him at some point this season. Uh, he's, 20, he's 21. So again, tw- he, he could, he could play in the NHL last year. The, again, this is his second year as a pro. Mm-hmm. So we will see. Um, he played in 17 He played seven games for them. He put up a goal. So he already has his first NHL goal. This is his only point. Attaboy. The NHL. There you go. Um, so I will say we'll this. He is, uh, I don't know, in his first, I guess the second, but real first full AHL year, um, he put up 40 points 40 and 46 games, 19 goals, 21 assists. So yeah. if he's on their roster, if he shines, injuries happen, I could see him maybe playing a game or a couple games for Florida. Yeah, that no, wouldn't surprise I me, too. but you know, see what he's got. I'll see what happens. Um, that's uh, all I get about the yeah. league. Um, I think it's time to go to Philadelphia now. Yes, today did open up uh, training camp for training our camp. Uh, for our Philadelphia Flyers, and yesterday the uh, roster was. Announced, and as I said at the beginning or earlier in the podcast, um, 
they, there was a little surprise that came earlier in the week with uh, the news that Sam Morin, who I completely forgot about until this news uh, yes. kind of broke, believe it or not, or to be honest, uh, is moving to wing. And realistically yeah. speaking, because we can talk touch on that first before anything else, because I think that's the most surprising thing you can argue yes. with when you see this 1, roster uh, coming to this year. But it makes sense to me in this sense, and that only because... Unfortunately, he's been dealt a very kind of crappy hand yes. trying to get into the NHL. But this is probably his best chance to actually make it to the Flyers because his ability to actually be on the defensive, be one of the deep pairs, is shrinking every very, year. Very, very low. Because there's new guys every year that's already yeah, not overtaking. Not only that, you but got, here's you the got thing: Cam York, you got Friedman yeah. too. He's just Adam losing. Ginning, you you have and yeah, uh, other guys too. Igor Zimula, Wyatt Wiley. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of his window is just closing for defense. So honestly, yeah, it makes sense also like he's believe it or not, believe it or not, he's two two ownership two GMs ago drafted yeah. him. Yep, he was drafted 13th or so overall by Paul Holmgren. In 2013, NHL draft. No, um, but anyway, so- I under—I also think it could be fun, just seeing him out there. He's a giant body, I and the only reason why I say this, Tom Wilson. I wonder. Do you remember this? It was in the. It was right before he got hurt. Not, not last time? year, but the year before, when he okay. actually played a couple of preseason games for the Flyers. Yes, and he had that really nice like rush. And he made like a really yes. weird, like you didn't expect him to make like a really nice move, but he had a really nice assist on the goal. It's like, okay, if we can recreate that, that is it. huge. And that's just that he's a huge body. Yeah. And that, that can obviously adds grit. And I don't want him to be like this power forward or be that way for him to stay in the line. Watch but, him become a sniper. <laughs> He's not going to, but that'd be cool too. I know. But as long as awesome he, though. as long as he's not falling behind, or is he lacking, or if you right. end up being this anchor at that point, then I want him in the press box because there's going to be other guys that are going to be more <laughs> honestly. Worthy at that point, that I hate spot. to say it. Unfortunately, at that point, his career with Philadelphia at least would probably be over. Yes, but I also I think that's also not a move for the season. That's the move because Chuck Fletcher they didn't do anything. They added a, a defenseman this offseason. Actually, yeah. two. And Eric Gustafson, yes. And yeah. Derek Boyot. But he's just going to be an AHL. Yeah, he, he's, he's going to be the new Justin Bailey. No, he's not. There's already going to be a bunch of defensemen above him. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying like, like whenever he gets hurt kind of thing. Sure. Or whenever but someone gets hurt, I mean. Essentially, his mindset is looking through the playoffs. And I think that's what the mindset has to be for the Flyers going forward because they're definitely in that playoff round and they're going to be in the playoffs now. So it's just taking on that next, what happens then. So what Fletcher saw was, okay, they're getting a little beat grit-wise. They don't have a lot of grit here. You have some guys who aren't afraid to get dirty or whatever, like uh, Lawton or Raffle at times, I feel. Um, Yeah, honestly, TK. Abby Kubel, he's oh, yeah. at Matt least Jones. earlier in his career in the uh, AHL. He, 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 he had a record for himself and not in a good yes. way. But there wasn't any guy like Simmer where you're afraid. So, yeah, yeah he's a Matt Marin puts type. fear in players. When Morin's on the ice, mm-hmm. players grip their sticks a little tighter. Could, I also 
just a way so you can have a seventh defenseman. So if you're really hurting defensively in the game, why not? You can still throw him on the D pair if yeah, you wanted sure. to. It's not like he he can't play defense anymore. It's yeah, just, you're switching positions. And again, there have it's also just a way you can also players that have switched from one position to another. For example, yes, it's different because Bufflin. instead of defense to wing, it's wing to defense in uh, Dustin Bufflin, but also in uh, Brent Burns. That happens. So, I mean, maybe this is where he... Not saying he's going to be that good, but you get the point. The crazier things have happened, and power forwards yeah. are very rare nowadays in the NHL, I feel. The, the only one I can think of on the top of my head is Jamie Benn. Yeah, or even Wayne Simmons, but even then he's falling behind, or JVR. Yeah. yeah. But if he can just be that, I think that, that works. Um, we'll see what happens with him. Um, let's get to this list. Uh, let's let's go from shortest list to biggest. So let's start with goaltenders. Just what sucks out or sticks out or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So obviously, obviously the big one and Ustamenko being out for four to five months. Yes, that, that uh, was a hip huge injury. one. Uh, Felix uh, Sandstrom is on there, of course, and Roddy Ross. That's it. That's the name. Well, I think there. they had they had to add Roddy Ross after yeah uh, Ustamenko went down. Ustamenko. Um, I, I'm I'm trying to figure out when he'll be ready. Samuel Erickson. Yeah, they got the Flyers got a lot of good. They, they got goalies goalie in, prospects. In, in, yeah, which hey, which for Sandstrom's that. sake, I think this is a very make this or break make kind of, yeah. of season, even it, in the it HL, really if he's got it. Or I, not. I'm I'm a little concerned. He's already, I love he's already got. I think he's already got Ustameko breathing down his neck. It's but just now you're going to have Samuel Erickson at some point. Yeah. And a bunch of other and again, guys there's too. still Alex Lyon. So, Alex Lyon. What, what do you after, make of Lyon? Yeah, he's done he's after this year. He he's not much longer. No, he he's only another Stolies kind of goalie. You know, like yeah. just an NHL guy. Like just that, a guy you you're okay with if Elliot or Hart go down that you just kind of throw as a backup. Exactly. But that um, having said that, I feel like we're near the telltale end of Elliot too, because I think eventually yes. you'll find the Flyers. If they feel Ustamenko or Sandstrom or Roddy Ross or whoever is ready for that next step to be the backup to Carter Hart, yeah, Carter Hart and, and obviously is going to be the guy. The guy. It's essentially just going to be the backup. Yes, uh, but and here's some the of these issue, guys though, is... realistically could be starters yeah. if their careers go in the right direction. Right. Here's my thing. Honestly, I'm fine with any one of these guys being the backup. Honestly, I'm I'm done with Alex Lyon. I, he doesn't do anything for me. No, he had a little stretch where like he a little excited for him. And it was more so around the last time he really had anything was that playoff series he had for the Phantoms. But that's really it. Yeah, it sucks. Again, and the thing is- that really hurts him is that he's a smaller guy. So he's yes, that does hurt. But um, he's a I, I he's an AHL goalie fringe he really is. backup. Um, all right. Next up, defense. You got Chris Biggers, Justin Braun, Mark Friedman, Shane Gossespierre, Eric Gustafson, Robert Haig, Phil Myers, Derek Pouliot, Nate Prosser, Ivan Perovats, Travis Sanheim, Tyler Wallerspin, and my two favorite, White Wiley, Igor Zamula. I think Zamula's got a little is probably higher at the moment than Wiley is, but I like that. I, I would think here. so too. They're um, both on here. Hey, I'm fine with that. I love White Wiley. Um, in the rookie game last year, he made some improvements. Uh, impressive uh, defensive plays. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think both Wiley and Zamula are two future defensemen within a couple of years Same. that can make a big difference. That again, you could be regulars in the lineup. Yeah. Which then makes you think it's about fun. Mark Friedman. What's his role going to be in a couple of years? Oh, I don't know. That that's the issue. Because again, you got all right. So so let's do this. The future you got. Ivan Provorov, Travis Anheim, Phil Myers, those are three of your top guys right there. Cam York at some point. Hopefully Zamula and Wiley. That's six. That's assuming Gossespierre is going to be gone at some point. He assuming yeah. Gossespierre is going to be gone at some point. With Haig, with possibly, definitely Braun. Um, Friedman is probably going to be seventh defenseman, but even then, that's not a bad option for a seventh D-man. Nope. So... That, that's likely your featured defense core right there for Philadelphia. Uh, not to mention Adam Ginning or anyone else. Adam Ginning's another, yeah. Um, oh, Hogberg. and Emil and Alanis Hogberg is another good one. Emil Andre, who uh, was a Flyers second round pick uh, earlier this year, or second, yeah, second. Yeah. I thought it was a forward. Uh, no. Yeah. Shows what I know. <laughs> Uh, speaking of forwards, good transition there, Mike. Uh, okay. Wade Allison, uh, good sign there. Andy mm-hmm. Andreev, Nicholas Aubin-Kubel, Connor Andrew Byron. Off, no, Jeff, 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 Jeff. Andrew Alf's going to be the Justin Bailey. All right, there you go, there you go. All right, all right. Uh, Sean Couture, of course, Joel Therapy, who got a new number. He's now number 86. Uh, Tyson Forster. Outside yes. of Kucherov. Yes. That's uh, uh, Tyson Forster, the... Flyers first round pick of this uh, past year. Morgan Frost, Claude Drew, Kevin Hollywood Hayes, TK, Tanner Lazinski, good name there. Lutz, Oscar Lindblom, Sam Wren, left wing. Also, another encouraging sign, of course, is Noel Patrick. Noel Patrick was also on the training camp lineup last year and he never right. shoot it up. So. so, still, I like no. to see it though. After, uh, after like this first week, I think you'll get a better sense of where Patrick kind of stands. I agree. Um, Mike Linus Sandine, who I'm very excited to see Same. play. Uh, Carson Twarinski, mm-hmm. uh, JVR, Jake Borchuk, and Zade Wisdom, the Flyers' fourth-round pick of this past year, who I'm also very excited to see. Yeah, there's a lot. And I even said this to you, and I'm just going to talk just overall. There's no real – I'm sure once the season starts, you're going to start seeing anchors here and there. But I'm not There's no real anchor. Outside of Justin Braun and whatever happens with uh, – um, uh, Sam Morin, because just because yes. there's two things with Morin. One, learning a new position is going to be rough. It's going to be yeah. difficult at times. Obviously, obviously, this is something that's been brought up to him beforehand too, because they even said he's been training for this for like a month or so, and yeah, he's coming off a second time knee. And like most things, once you do it once, you're more likely to but do it the again. Issue was, the issue was, again, the big issue was, this was his other ACL, I think. Yeah. And also another so year of not playing hockey. Well. So he's got very little hockey in the last two, three years. Which is so not that, good. No. So you're definitely going to see some all. road bumps there with Morin. Um, so that's another one. You maybe can argue Bunneman, but Bunneman's just going to be a healthy scratch if the yeah. like Lawton or Honestly, whoever's again, fourth line gets hurt. I, I don't know why. I just never like Bunneman. He doesn't do much for me. He's just a fourth all. line center. That's just kind of how he is. Yeah. Um, 
but that's really all uh, the biggest one's going to be Braun. He's going to be the biggest headache. You maybe can argue Hag, maybe. Yeah. Only because if they, because I have a feeling they're going to do this, but Hag and Braun together, it didn't work in the playoffs and it nope. just doesn't work. But at the same time, Braun and Kush don't work. So, but it doesn't seem, yep. it, it does seem at the moment that Provorov and uh, Myers are going to be together. So there's that. Uh, yeah. So we will see what happens. There's a lot of options out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely excited to see what happens. But honestly, all in all, there's there's a lot to be positive about here uh, mm-hmm. if you're a Philadelphia fan. Oh yeah, because the other good thing too is is that I think another reason why because I know a lot of Flyers fans I know Mitch is kind of too in that sense of yeah the Flyers in the playoffs but they should probably make another move just to say okay this is actually a contending yeah. team to actually win it or go to the Stanley Cup right. or at least make it to the conference finals and stuff like that. Uh, to just add like a bigger name or a guy that can like make you jump into that, but I think Fletcher saw just what he has got is better he's, than he saw, what, he saw the holes what was and, out and there. Yeah. So I think this is going to be absolutely Ghost's last chance with the Flyers. It I believe really he will be. be unprotected for I, I think Seattle. Will too, yeah. Um, realistically speaking, I think that's going to be the easiest way. Not really the easiest way, but. I wouldn't mind if that was the option. I do like Ghost. I wish yeah. I hope we keep him, but again, that defensive yeah. core is ending or is getting closer. But as I've said yeah. many times, and that uh, I think you are starting to, you will then see less of having to get some quote unquote veteran guy because you need to get some leadership or he's got experience. I think you're long past that now. I think Braun and Elliot are going to be your last guys that have that. Yeah. And so, again, they don't have many years left. Uh, Braun, he did send it to your contract. Elliot, he's pretty, he's getting up there in age as well. And with the he's just going to be to get, until there's a guy that's ready to be the backup. He's just going to always be your reason. Right. Which is hopefully sooner rather than later. Cause I don't, I, cause I want whoever the next backup is for players. I want them to also learn from Brian Elliot, the way Carter Hart has from Brian sure. Elliot. So, yeah. yeah uh, other than always, that, I don't yeah, really have much. Um, yeah. yeah, good. Uh, again, a lot of good stuff here uh, for another uh, podcast today. But be sure to uh, look out for our, our next uh, podcast on Tuesday, The Underachievers. Mm-hmm. And whenever our next hockey podcast is, we got the LA Kings. Uh, they oh, added a sure big piece back there, Quentin Byfield, the second overall pick from this past year's draft, who should be a big boost for them. Excited to talk about him and what his future will be like with the LA Kings on the next hockey podcast. Yeah. So look out for that and we'll see you next time.